0: Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible-Williams.
1: And we are wrapping up our 2021 Advent Series this week with our friends, Matt Redman and Beth Redman. Matt and Beth are songwriters. They've written songs that you surely have heard and loved, such as Blessed Be Your Name, 10,000 Reasons, Never Let You Go. We could just keep going on and on. Matt is a songwriter and a worship leader. Beth is passionate about discipleship and worship and the word. And it was just such a delight to talk through this final week of our Advent reading plan. Advent itself has come to a close, but we have this week leading up to New Year where we're going to talk about what it means to be a people between two Advents. And they were just wonderful people to have that conversation with. So I hope that as you find yourself here on the brink of the new year, that this is an episode that will encourage you and challenge you to maybe begin your new year differently. We loved this conversation and this episode, and we hope that you will too. Let's get right to it.
0: Matt and Beth Redman, y'all, we are so excited to have you here with us today. Welcome.
2: Thanks so much. Lovely to hang.
3: Yeah, so good to be with you.
0: Well, and I guess I should say not here with us. We are recording over video and audio, but it's nice to see your faces today.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. And
0: also, it is the day after Christmas. What does this week look like for y'all? Do you travel? Do you... What's the plan?
3: Well, the plan is being back in England, which is just (gasps) so sweet. We're living in Southern California in real life. And so that means being away from home and being away from yeah. a cold Christmas and the people that we love, our family. So we're actually back there. And the day after Christmas is Boxing Day. So for us, that's a little bit like Thanksgiving, where we do it all okay. over again. We eat a big dinner, but no presents. So you get to share that. So by the 27th, we just need to go and take a giant walk. We need to go and walk yes. off some food. We need to Able go nap. Be together in that way, and that's what we will be doing. We're taking lots of walks in the countryside with our kids and
2: frosty grounds, yeah, walking up hills,
0: yeah, it's actually and then
2: back to a log fire or something. That's the kind of quintessential English Christmas day. I mean,
0: I love it. Y'all know that we are at the it is our final week of Advent, and I think back to November 28th when we excitedly. Cracked our books open for the mm-hmm. first time and read these first like these prayers for Advent and these scriptures and all of these things. And Annie Downs was our first host of this series, and somehow it seems so long ago. Yeah. Um, that's just the nature of the Christmas season. Yeah, and as a it goes so fast and stretches so long at the same time.
1: It really does. And a note of clarification: Advent, the church calendar season, is over. We're that's in a good Christmas tide now. That's right. But our Advent. Reading plan, mm-hmm. I think for the first time ever, I think so. We have stretched it to the new year, which mm-hmm. we've never done before. And so instead of having the lost week, we call it <laughs> between Christmas and New Year's, where we're like, what do we do? Yeah. We have just stretched it out. And it's so exciting because what we get to focus on then in this last week of reading, you know, we'll still cover there's a little bit of nativity-esque stuff still to happen, but then we're going to focus on being people between to Advents and that's what it right. means to wait for the next Advent, the that's one that's right. promised.
0: Do y'all in the Redmond house, what do y'all do church calendar-wise? Is Advent a part of what you do? Are you doing Tide and Twelfth Night? Or how much of the church calendar do y'all observe? Any answer is okay. Yeah, well, we were living in England, very much
3: so. You know, we're part of a very charismatic church of England church, and so you'd follow yeah. along together. And it was so funny because last week, one of the kids was like, what was that thing we used to do with the orange? And then, you know, oh. we're like, oh, do you mean Christine goodness It's like, and what about that thing we used to do with the lighting of the candle? I was like, yeah, you're speaking about something that actually we're not seeing in California right now, but was really a big part of their life. So,
0: well, and the reason that I even asked about church calendar things is because, Beth, I know how intentional you you are with your family, not necessarily church calendar-wise, but I know that I can't reach my friend Beth during certain hours of the weekend because y'all shut down for Sabbath. And I love that about you. I love that, you know, even in the midst of conversations, there will be a 24-hour period where I won't hear from you, and you'll come back and say, oh, my phone was off for Sabbath. And I love that. I think that's just so beautiful and
3: intentional. Well, we got so revitalized going to Israel in 2013 and got to experience a Shabbat meal and to really properly stop and disengage and just enjoy rest. What does that actually look like? There's resting your body and then there's resting your soul with God. And we kind of made a decision Mm -hmm. in that moment that was, it wasn't just really countercultural. It was against everything that we'd kind of been doing with our kids. So they were into sports, they were competing, they were wanting to play college sport level. And then we were like, we're not going to do that on Saturday anymore. And actually Mm -hmm. we saw our son getting more opportunities with his sport, not less. We saw him being chosen (laughs) in other ways and accelerating and God really honoring that decision for him and for our family. And we just saw us coming together in a way and I guess being more of a team than we had because life was busy. And yeah, so we just didn't stop and we still do that. We have the meal and we light the candles. We've actually got battery operated ones right now. Is that (laughs) your Oh, this is a thing. Yeah, yeah this, this is a thing. But yeah, yep. we light the candles and Matt prays a blessing over me and speaks over the children. And then we just, yeah, we just mm. rest And the together. kids
2: kind of look forward to it, don't they? Having less pressure on them and less, like a free day uh-huh. just to... Everyone gets into the rhythm. It's good. And we don't do it every single week, but when we do, it's wonderful.
0: Oh, I love that. I heard recently someone described the Sabbath as putting down our unfinished work to tend to the finished work of Christ and ever since i heard that it has been a tool a useful reminder for me even as recently as last sunday i had some stuff that i wanted to get done and i just thought put down your unfinished work tend to the finished work yeah so i mean i know that i want to get into the reading and all of these things but i also i do have curiosity with y'all i know we've talked about christmas but what about the new year do you have any traditions what does it look like to set intentions do you do You're in review things as a family, or do you do any goal setting as a family? What does that look like for y'all?
3: Well, one thing that we've done, I would say probably for the last five or six years, is kind of start the year with a fast. And so we would do like a Daniel fast, because obviously the children, they're young, and, and just say, we're going to set aside time to pray for 21 days and to really seek God mm. for this year. And how we're going to do that is we're going to just eat different. Some of us are not going to eat, and some of us are going to eat Daniel fast style. Mm. And the kids really get excited about that. You know, they write down some of the things that they want to see God do. And actually, there's something that's been on our prayer list for six years that hasn't moved yet, but we're still all believing, you know, and we're still... Or like, yep, this January, if God hasn't done it yet, we're going to come back around that thing as a family, believing for that person for a breakthrough. And so I would say that's one of the traditions. And it was so funny because it's hard to find, you know, food to eat for a family, making sure they're nourished. And I Googled these vegan meatballs and I was like, this is amazing. They tasted so amazing. Well, we started hosting people from the church who were also doing it. And Matt is literally like, I don't know, he just has this wisdom that's like supernatural. And he's like, I don't know, but these just taste too good they i'm like matt, they taste
2: too good i'm is like the... matt
3: plant-based food is advanced so anyway it just happens that they were full grass-fed beef and so i'm like uh-huh. it uh-huh. was an accident it was a mistake oh, so anyway maybe goodness. that's why we didn't get a breakthrough matt M- maybe. might be I and mean, we
2: let a lot of other people we ate so many people <laughs> beef. these are the best plant-based meatballs <laughs> i've ever had
1: people loved them <laughs> oh. but you know what i love about that though is that instead of you know, resolutions are all about like, what am I going to do in yeah. the new year? What things am I going to accomplish or do differently? And instead, it sounds like the Redmond family is looking instead toward what is God going to do this year? And what what ways are we going to rely on Him and lean on Him? And what are the big prayers we're going to pray? Mm-hmm. But it's very... God-focused I love instead that. of the navel-gazing that New Year's can become. And I love goals. I love fresh starts and all of that. And I think that there's a place for that. But that's so powerful to remember, okay, there is a God and I'm not Him. Yeah. So <laughs> In making that orientation. And, yeah. yeah.
2: There's actually a, a wonderful New Year's hymn from a couple of hundred years ago. And, and it kind of says that. It says, can a child presume to choose where or how to live? But can a father's love refuse all the best to give? Let my heart gladly proclaim you, you know, whatever the future brings this year, it's gonna be for your glory. Basically, it's the idea of the hymn. But I love that thing of like, you don't get to say how it's all gonna go, but you get to know right. that you're held by a kind father. There's one I thing. I love
0: that. Oh, that's oh, beautiful. That's... Friends, if we can find that hymn, we're gonna put it in the show notes. I know that's a guy, who might know I know a guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Let's get to some reading. So as we kind of wrap up section three of this reading plan, Matt and Beth, we're going to be reading today and tomorrow, if you're listening to this podcast the day it releases, about Jesus presented in the temple and then also the wise men visiting. Let's start with Beth. Beth, would you read for us day 30, Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32. This is Simeon in the temple. Mm
3: -hmm. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Oh, I love Simeon. Yeah. I just love that image, this old man, and just the joy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I know that we skipped. Ahead in the reading, that little section before that describes Mary and Joseph coming to the temple and giving their sacrifice, you notice what their sacrifice is. It's a pair of turtle doves, Hmm. which of course first makes us think of Home Alone 2. But then second, <laughs> <laughs> you actually have it later in this day's reading in Leviticus, this instruction for sacrifice. And it says in Leviticus 12 verse 8, but if they don't have sufficient means for a sheep, the mom, she may take two turtle doves or two young pigeons, one for a bird offering and the other for a sin offering, then the priest will make atonement on her behalf. So she will be clean. This is just sort of that cleansing process. But you notice that The provision is made for the poor, and if you don't have enough to offer a sheep, you offer the turtle doves, and that's what was true of Jesus' parents.
1: Yeah, I love just that Simeon had been looking forward to Israel's consolation, Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. that consolation was the Messiah coming, Mm -hmm. and he gets to hold, the Messiah gets to hold that baby boy and like hold him up, and just picture him like holding him up above his head, Praising the Lord.
2: Yeah. So, and just following that, Simon says to Mary in the verse after what Beth wrote, read, this child will cause the fall and rise of many. And I just mm-hmm. think that's an yeah. awesome sentence. This child will cause the fall and rise of many. You, what other child could you say that about? You know, most child yeah. arrive and they bring some joy, some smiles, some faces. they got some promise over their life for sure. But, but this child, he's holding him. He says he's going to cause the fall and rise of many. And I love, it made me think of this Bono quote, you know, Bono from U2, where he's, it's just really talking about how Jesus, he arrives and he makes a commotion. You can't, he's very polarizing. You know, the fall Mm -hmm. and rise is very polarizing, isn't it?
0: That's good, yeah.
2: And it's extreme with Jesus. He's either a madman or messiah. He doesn't leave you the option of saying anything else. He was drawing on the C.S. Lewis thing, where he says he's either a liar, a lunatic, or he is Lord. Because the way mm-hmm. that the things right. that Jesus says, He doesn't give you space to just say, "Oh, He's just a good teacher. He's just a prophet. He's just a nice guy." He doesn't give you space to say that. He says, "No, I'm the Messiah." And yeah. you know, so I love that Simeon thing. He's going to call it the fall of rise of many. You choose which way you're going to go when you come to Jesus.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so
1: good and so true. And we're going yeah. to start the new year in the Gospel of John, or as a community, we're going to read the Gospel of John together. And that's what the whole. Thread through the book of John is presenting Jesus as the Son of God, Mm -hmm. as who he says he is. There's very much that vibe, Matt, that you're describing of like, there's no middle ground here. Either I am who I say I am, or what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, what what is all of this? Why am I a threat to you if this is not true?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And then right after Simeon, there's Anna, who didn't come to the temple when Jesus was presented. She was already there and had been there for a great long time. We don't know the details of if she had a place to sleep there or how that worked. But Matt, would you read the account of Anna's testimony from verse 36 through 40?
2: There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had completed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him.
0: I like to think about the people who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem, as as they said it. And then even, you know, with Simeon looking forward to Israel's consolation. The beautiful thing about that is that it was a long wait. And also, there was no, and on this day it will happen. They Mm -hmm. didn't know. I mean, Simeon had this gift, this rare gift of knowing that he would get to see the Lord but that was a long wait and this is that moment i think it's just such a beautiful and i always think it's really special to get any inclusion of of women in these in these narratives mm-hmm. and so it's especially tender to get to read about anna for sure
3: yeah and they both had this beautiful quality of righteous devotion and yeah, you can mm-hmm. see that in the fruit of their life because they are patient people you think about yeah. you know she hasn't even been in the temple 7 years praying and fasting but we're reading 84 years. This was her calling was to basically wait and intercede and fast. And then you see Simeon, you just think, what a calling is that he knows mm-hmm. his life is coming to an end, right? But he knows that mm-hmm. God is faithful to what he's promised. And it's His calling is to wait, to see a glimmer and a glimpse. And then he's like, okay, my race is done. And her calling yeah. is mm-hmm. similar but different. It's to kneel down and to go without, to wait, to see a glimmer. And I was wondering, like, in verse 40, we say, the boy grew up and he became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. I'm like, is that what she prophesied over him? Are we hearing mm-hmm. that back? Because that's what she waited to speak over him out in the open, but that their callings were so similar, and the fruit of their lives was just patience to literally just see a glimmer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, I've never thought that, of Beth. that, Beth, of that, you know, to have a calling to wait on the Lord. Mm. If I had to choose a calling, I don't think it would be waiting. Like that's so hard. Waiting is hard and and very unglamorous. Mm-hmm. Like the glamorous part is what happens after the waiting, right? It just for whatever the waiting may be for. And it's very counter to like, you know, talking about you all having a true Sabbath and putting away devices and things like that. Like there is a speed that we move at as a society and to intentionally set that aside, or to be called with your life to wait on a thing that may not happen until the end of your life. Mm -hmm. Like, that's very humbling to read.
0: It's funny, though, because you don't want to be called to wait, but the thing that they were waiting for, they would have chosen that 100 times out of 100. Yeah. Because they knew that they knew that they knew that it would happen. Mm Mm-hmm. That's yes, beautiful. and it's probably I like that. It's more, it's
3: more encouraging to call it a life of faith rather than a life of waiting because they knew that what they were waiting for was greater than themselves. So they weren't thinking about themselves. And, oh my goodness, what do people think I'm doing with my life? It's like, my life is one of faith where I know I'm going to see the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So the waiting pales into insignificance because the faith is so strong.
1: Do you see why I love Beth Redmond? Yeah, that's such a good... Correction because that's true. And when you put it that way, that's our calling. Yeah. Is that's, to, that is, is to every faith. Every one of
3: us, right? Yes. To yeah. not have to prove, but just to know it's that's what faith is. It's the unseen realm, mm-hmm. but the confidence, mm-hmm. the assurance, the hope. And that's why I think they are just beautiful hearers of this book because it came through their righteous devotion.
0: I know that I gush about you too often, Beth, but. <laughs> She really does gush about you. I do. I you're just about Rachel. Um, I love Rachel. You are just a woman who walks with the Lord and considers Him, <laughs> and you're breathing in and you're breathing out. And the way that you minister to me—I mean, I just in this conversation, but also in all of the little voice memos that you send of prayers or truth—you lean so little on your own words and so heavily on His. And anyway, that's just me saying, be a friend like Beth is. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving from Jesus being presented in the temple, there's sort of one last account, and that would be the wise men visiting. There's sort of one last account of. Small Jesus being visited. Small Jesus. Small Jesus That makes me feel tender. Toward. I mean, we sometimes wish there was a lot more that was recorded about those Small those Jesus. middle years. And what we know, I mean, from Luke two forty, but also Luke two, I think, fifty five it is, he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. We don't know a lot. We don't know how. Some of what we know is from something as simple as the Magnificat, what his mom sang to him, you know, or what his mama taught him, and then what he taught us. Mm -hmm. But we don't know a lot about his growing up. But we do have this record of the wise men visiting the king. And when it says the wise men visiting the king, they're not talking about King Herod. They're talking about King Jesus. The King. The King. Amanda, give us a summary of this story, and then let's read some high points. Well, it's what you said.
1: It's, you know, when Jesus is born, and King Herod is the king.
0: That's right. When
1: Jesus is born. Mm -hmm. But there are wise men that come from the east. We don't know much about them, right? Mm -hmm. We know they're from the east because the text tells us that. But they come, and I will read here at the beginning of verse 2, they say, Where is he who has been born, king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising, and we have come to worship him. And so Herod, now I'm paraphrasing, hears this and he feels threatened Mm -hmm. because he's the king. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he assembles all the important people and he's like, okay, what are they talking about? And so they read the prophecy back to him Mm -hmm. that there would be a ruler born in Bethlehem. And so then he sends the wise men out and he says, verse eight, go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go worship him. That's not what he wants to do. He wants to get rid of this other, quote, king. He feels threatened. That's right.
0: And because if this was a Davidic king, a true Davidic king, then that would threaten his actual seat on the throne.
1: Yeah. And so verse 9, this is, we're in Matthew 2, verse 9. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Hmm. And then verse 11 says, Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they because he was going to be really mad, Mm -hmm. um, they returned to their own country by another route.
0: Now, the timing of this, I really puzzled over. Um, it's like a little how, bit of a mystery. Because the yeah. the presenting in the temple, and I don't pretend to have any, like, here's a clean timeline of how all of this well, happened. Well, I wish you did, because I don't think anyone else has one and, either, uh, Rachel. <laughs> but what we know is that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We know that. And the shepherds came and visited and worshiped. And the angels sang. And then we know from the account of Jesus being presented in the temple that there were eight days. And then he was circumcised. And then the purification, he's presented in the temple And so, while this is happening, the star, it's a first appearing, as they put it, is seen by the wise men. And then a lot of work happens. The traveling, the getting to Herod, the, hey, let me know where you find him, and then eventually getting to baby Jesus. The word used here in this account is actually not baby, but child. Mm. And so we're not exactly sure timing-wise, but what we do know is that the wise men didn't visit the manger. Which
1: is disappointing for those of us with a nativity scene that has wise men.
0: I know. They have to go across the room. Yeah,
1: I still use them.
0: I just put them a respectable distance away (laughs) from the manger. I love that. And then, yeah, they can still be a part of the—they're still a very important part of the story. Last year, I put a little place card
1: kind of next to them and put dot, dot, dot. 2 years later. 2 years. And later. I don't even know if it's 2 years, Yeah, but I just was like, I want my kids to know that there's some stuff going on yeah. here. There's yeah. some stuff.
0: Because then they they visit they visit baby Jesus and then you know, of course Joseph is warned to flee to Egypt and then eventually Herod orders the killing of the babies two and under, the baby boys. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the timeline. It helped me to kind of unpack that a little bit. It is interesting, this particular story, how many parallels there are between Moses and Jesus. This Mm. being born sort of under an edict of death and the the baby boys, and then, of course, him coming out of—to fulfill a prophecy that Jesus came up out of Egypt, that also— parallels Moses now I'm just going on I'm sorry I should be asking questions and engaging these are the things when I read an account like this those are the questions that I ask and I had to dig in and figure them out I don't know what did y'all like what stuck out to y'all where do you put your wise men (laughs) (laughs) well I'm putting them in the next room now Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: there's no judgment we're
0: not gonna say where the wise men are
2: I like it (laughs) I like the phrase where it says they opened their treasures. You know, they came, they they Mm. fell down and worshipped him, they opened their treasures. It's just a lovely worship phrase, really, right? Oh, I love that.
1: That's right, yeah.
3: And I love that you made the parallel between Moses and then Jesus. And I was even just thinking in, you know, in lockdown, what these women have gone through who've been pregnant, like, where is there a woman in the Bible that I can relate to? Well, look at Moses, mum. look at Mary, you know, Mm -hmm. or look at you know, Noah and his family, they had to have children, care for children during a time of great danger and darkness and unknowns. And we see these women travailing and coming through and getting to the other side of the promise. And so, yes, Jesus was born and he was safely born. And then, you know, this moment comes, even though Herod was trying all of his schemes, this moment was protected, even in great danger. But I just love again that we've just been talking about waiting, but Actually, it's this journey of faith, and the wise men are on this journey of faith. There's a period of waiting. They're not there yet, but they're not just passively laying down and praying. They're actually getting up, and they're going, and they're looking, and they're searching until they find him. And I love that that actually ultimately, I think, points us to revelation of like this period of waiting. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We can't just sit around. We need to actively be obedient, be aware of the dangers, be wise, and wait for the revealing of Jesus again.
2: I also love how this must have been so confirming for Mary and Joseph, right? I mean, they you know, imagine when those guys show up, how it's like, oh, yes. this is real, this thing's, you know, because yeah. Jesus isn't talking, you know, like, we don't know how old he was, but you get the point. It's like, it would have been one of the yes. really amazing confirming things to them of like, oh, yeah, we're on this journey with God and this is God's mm-hmm. son and he is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And
0: Yes. I've heard and read also that even, like you said, the opening up of the treasures, and sometimes you read that story and you're like, well, what did they do with all of those treasures? But one thing that I've heard and read is that those were the provisions for that flight to Egypt and the return, because that is a journey that poor people who only have turtle doves to offer in the temple couldn't afford. Mm. But in order to fulfill that prophecy and for him to come also from Egypt, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, would have potentially afforded that flight. Love that. And by flight, I do not mean on Delta. I mean <laughs> the escape. Oh, that it would.
1: <laughs> I love the way that this conversation, I do love nativity scenes very much. I think they're beautiful and I have various styles of them. I love them. I'm so grateful for God's word and, and some of this detail that we do have and just like the trial and even like Violence and fear and risk and all the things that are taking place surrounding this event of, you know, the son of God being born Mm -hmm. (laughs) and being a baby and being a toddler that it helps me to remember that as pretty as my nativity scenes are, Hmm. that the story is not so tidy. Yeah. And that's so helpful because, you know, we're about to transition into the ending part of this series, this Advent series, this Advent reading plan, where we're talking about being people between two Advents. Yeah. And we're talking about how this world that we live in still has a lot of darkness. The light has come mm-hmm. and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Yeah. But the darkness, it is real. Yeah. And so I am grateful to remember that. Yeah. Yes. I'm
0: excited to be transitioning because we kind of like, Suspended the very heavy light theme during this heavy light. during this Advent reading plan for the like Christmas week, but now we get to shift back to kind of where we began. We began yeah. with Genesis one one, let there be light. John one one, in the beginning was the Word, and talking about how He was the light of the world. Yes, and now we're coming to Beth. What you were talking about, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be people of light in the waiting to be living a faithful life as people of light, not just waiting, but being faithful and actively shining light and being that. And then also, Beth, what you talked about, we're going to talk about, we don't know when the second Advent will be. We're just as uninformed in some ways. We're just as kept waiting as before the first Advent. All right, guys, this is it. This is the last week of 2021. And in just a few short days, we'll be kicking off a new year together. So as you think about your year ahead and how you want to be more intentional in certain areas of your life, you may be thinking about how you can draw closer to God by digging deeper into his word. Well, at She Reads Truth, we believe that reading daily is what helps you grow most in your confidence and understanding of the Bible. So that's why the mission of She Reads Truth is to help you become A man or woman in the Word of God every day. So, by signing up for the She Reads Truth subscription box, you're asking us to help you make reading daily a reality. And we've already done the work of curating daily Bible reading with a community for every day in 2022. As a subscriber, you're going to get the newest study book delivered straight to your door every month so you never have to decide what to read or remember to order on time. We've heard from so many women that after consistently reading for just a few months they're already seeing a difference they're more confident they better understand the context of what they're reading and they look forward to spending more time in God's Word so if you want to make this year the year you finally stick with Bible reading or keep sticking with Bible reading with us let us help go to shereadstruth.com subscribe to sign up for the digital subscription box and remember that's either physical or digital study books Again, that's SheReadsTruth.com slash subscribe.
1: Friends, as we get ready to walk into a new year together, I want to walk more confidently in light of God's promises to me. Amen? We cannot wait to open up our newest study book with you. It's called Do Not Fear, a biblical study on responding to God's faithfulness. This is a three-week plan where we are going to look at different narratives from the Old Testament and the New Testament, situations where people were afraid and where there were circumstances to provoke fear. And we're going to see how God's faithful character enables believers to respond differently, not because of who we are, but because of who He is. It's normal for us to feel unrest about the future. And boy, are we thinking about the future right now as we head into a new year. But scripture reminds us that we are never alone. So join us in this study called Do Not Fear as we pursue a grounded response to fear and as we learn to deepen our trust in the God who walks with us in every circumstance. Head over to shopshereadtetruth.com and get a sneak peek of this powerful, practical study and place your order today. That's Shop All
0: right, friends, as we are clicking over from Section 3 to Section 4 of this Advent reading plan, we are continuing the theme of light in Scripture. In Sections 1 and 2 especially, we were looking at Genesis 1-1, Let There Be Light, there's darkness in the world, and God brought light to the world. We looked at John chapter 1 and Colossians 1 and all of this beautiful symbolism and theology of light in Scripture. And now, Beth, as you so beautifully put, we're looking ahead to this second Advent. And in the meantime, as we are people of light, and we don't know, just as the people before the first Advent didn't know, when the first Advent would come, when Jesus exactly would be born We don't know when Jesus will return, Mm -hmm. um, but we do have these beautiful instructions of two things. One, how to live as people of light, so not just to sit idly by, but to live actively as people in a faithful life, like you said, Beth. But also, we get these little sneak peeks, these little glimpses of what Christ's return Mm -hmm. is going to be like. Beth, would you read in the section divider in the She Reads Truth study book— Revelation 22, verse 5, gives us a little glimpse. Would you read that for us? Absolutely. It says this, Night will be
3: no more. People will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, because the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and
0: ever. Sometimes when we read Scripture together, we follow it by asking, Do you believe this is true? And this is one of those that I wanted to say, Do you believe this is true? I do. I do. I believe that we're going to reign forever and ever with Jesus, who will be the lamp, the light. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that's such a beautiful hope to cling to without a shadow of a doubt, for lack Mm -hmm. of a better—that's kind of a pun, the shadow of a doubt. No, I love
1: a good pun.
3: (laughs) and then the life that we've known has only ever been night and day night and day but there's going to a time that's coming there will be no such thing as night we will never be people of darkness ever again and then when you think about that ever. there's no tears there's no it's not that we're numb to it there's no need for it there's no more just as there will be no more darkness and raining forever so just yes we believe well, it but it's beyond about, anything we can think
2: yeah and think about all the other things I moments. love that yes all the other no mores, there'll, yes. be, there'll be no more cancer, there'll be no more temptation, yeah. there'll be no more Amen. failure, you know, there'll be no more mm-hmm. grief, mm-hmm. no more missing someone, no more missing the mark. I mean, this is, there's an incredible list when you start mm. to go down all the things that you might have found turbulent or even torturous on mm-hmm. earth at times, all those things that yeah. have, you know, there's none of that. And it, it's an amazing thought, isn't it?
3: But it's it the really thought is. that you have to choose. Choosing that, like listening and meditating on that is how we stay awake. It's how we stay waiting, ready for the return of Christ. Like, I don't want to be asleep, like living my own life, meditating on my own woes. It's like, look up. And when Jesus ascended, you know, the angels appeared and said, stop looking up there. So, you can't look anymore. You know, you've got to get on with what you've been called <laughs> to do while you're waiting to right. see him again. And it's that, what Matt just said, that actually keeps us full of hope and keeps us awake until Christ's return.
2: Yeah, C.S. Lewis said there's three things that you need to remember about the second coming of Christ, the return of Christ. He says, you know, number one, that he certainly will return. Number two, that there's mm-hmm. no way you can find out when that'll be. And so number three, we've got to be ready for him. And Toza said a similar yeah, thing. Yeah, that's you know, right. He, he said similar things like it's not, it's not about when he returned. It's about you just being ready. And that's right. That, that's that exactly right. There's something about living with the expectancy of Jesus returning that we, sometimes people go to extremes. you get the one camp which goes so extreme, like everything's about Jesus. And we're trying to figure out when it will be. Other people don't even give it hardly a second thought. And they're definitely not living mm-hmm. in the light of, oh, Christ is coming back. You know, but it's such an important yeah. part of the, the faith timeline because you've got reenactment in faith where you're telling the old, old story. We do that really well, like with the first coming of Christ, right? We tell the mm-hmm. old, old story. We've got realization what that story means for me today. But so often we don't go to the final part, anticipation. You know, that's such an important yeah. part of faith and of the story, not just to live in the past, not just to live in the here and now, even, but to live
0: mm-hmm. forward
2: thinking as well, because we worship the God of yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God who was and is and is to come. Sometimes we get stuck on He's the God who was and is. He's the God of yesterday, today. That's good. We have to bring in this other element because it it means so much.
0: That's so good. You know, we um, as a community studied the book of Acts this past fall. And there's this key verse in Acts, which I'm sure you all know. And not only does it sort of like give us this outline of the book of Acts, but I almost see it as like our vision statement for those of us between two advents, because Mm -hmm. it's Jesus saying, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the father has set by his own authority. So stop trying to figure it out. That's That's not the point, right? That's me adding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then verse eight of chapter one, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mm -hmm. That's the business to be about our father's business. Mm -hmm. That's what we do as people of light in between. I love what you said, Matt, that we sometimes get stuck on the past and the present and forget to think about the future, but to live toward um, Mm -hmm. Jesus' return and to be on alert and to be about his business.
2: Yeah, it has massive connotations for our lives, our lifestyles, purity, holiness. You know, the New Testament takes us through that, has connotations for evangelism. Like, are you going to be urgent with your evangelism? Or you can be, mm-hmm. if you don't think Christ is coming back, you can chill out a bit more, right? So, yeah, so yeah. when you realize he could be coming back tomorrow, he could be coming back today, it changes mm-hmm. the way you live.
0: I like that word urgent. I think you're very right that we can lack that urgency in sharing the gospel. Absolutely, that's a good word.
1: I'm going to hop ahead and I know that I know I'm allowed to, but sometimes we try not to. On Thursday, we're going to read from Romans 13. And Beth, you were talking about being awake (laughs) and ready. And in verse 11, Romans 13, verse 11, besides this, since you know the time, it is already. The hour for you to wake up from sleep because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Ooh, yeah. The night is nearly over and the day is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk with decency as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual impurity or promiscuity, not in quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I mean, this is get Ooh. down to business talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Like this we is, don't have
0: time for that
1: stuff. This is
0: what Matt and Beth were just saying. And now we know that what y'all were saying is rooted directly mm-hmm. out of Scripture. Mm-hmm. This like, there's no time to mess around. Let's be urgent about the things that matter. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: And these are all hindrances and entanglements that ultimately are leading to sleepiness. And if you're asleep, you're not ready for the return of Christ. So it's like, actually, as we kind of exit Advent and begin this new year, let's cling to this scripture in Romans 13, but also Hebrews 12. You know, what is going to stop me from running? Because to run, you've got to be fully awake, fully trained, fully prepared. That's right. And actually, some of these things in this list, maybe we need to just have a little moment after this podcast ends of examining is there anything in this list that's keeping me asleep is there anything else Holy Spirit and that's what it is that's why the Bridesmaids waiting for the bridegroom, they experienced a delay, and during that delay, they fell asleep. You know, but it's yeah, the yeah. oil in their lamps, it's the oil in their lamps that kept them ready for the return of Christ, the light burning. And that's why Simeon was ready. He was awake to meet the Messiah because he said he was with the Holy Spirit, he was led by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was on him. So I think what Matt is saying and what we're looking at in scripture, it's all about. Clinging, Holy Spirit, I need you. John fifteen, abiding, I need you. Clean me up. Mm -hmm. Help me to be awake and ready for the return of Christ. What a great way to start the year.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah. I love the assurance, you know, because even man, my sin nature's strong, you guys. (laughs) And when, you know, this kind of pep talk, I think I immediately then think, Yes, it's urgent. I've got so much to do. It's just true. But then I think I overestimate how much this is up to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have hearts to change. Oh, Amanda, <laughs> like you <laughs> can't do that. Mm-hmm. But I love this call in First Timothy, which we know that like Paul was nearing the end of his life, and he's kind of passing this this mantle onto Timothy, and he's talking about the appearing of Jesus, and in verse fifteen, and it's so
0: active. It's so like yeah. it's not a passive.
1: No, like in verse 12, fight the good fight of faith, take hold of eternal life to which you are called and about which you have made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. But this moment where he's talking about the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ in verse 15, God will bring this about in his own time. Mm. He is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Mm. who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal power. Amen. The power is the Lord's, Mm -hmm. and yet he has called us to participate, to actively wait for Mm -hmm. him by inviting others into this story, this capital S story that we love talking about. And so, again, there's that both ends. that I just want to automatically like, oh, I'm just going to go over to this side now. Mm -hmm. It's all up to me. No, 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 it's not. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then we get to day thirty-four, our final reading day in mm-hmm. this plan, and I kind of want to read all of it. I understand <laughs> that we cannot, but I um, mean, we do. We want Rachel. It's beautiful. To, that's We're the hosts. true. That is true. Well, maybe we will then. It's beautiful to me that this theme of light that we have been tracing through Scripture for the last five weeks is not isolated to the Old Testament, to the prophets or the new, the gospels or Mm -hmm. the epistles. It's everywhere. And so, these themes that we've together, the four of us, been pulling out of Revelation, we're actually seeing in Isaiah. Yeah. You know? Matt, would you read Isaiah 60 for us? Maybe verses 19 through 20?
2: The sun will no longer be your light by day, and the brightness of the moon will not shine on you. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your splendor. Your sun will no longer set, and your moon will not fade. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your sorrow will be over.
0: This is not a new promise. Mm -mm. This is an ancient promise. Man, I just hear all that list that you just said in that line.
1: The days of your sorrow will be over. I love just kind of thinking about there's going to be no more,
0: mm-hmm. like all the
1: things that causes sorrow.
0: And then further down in chapter 16, Isaiah, this closing statement, I am the Lord, I will accomplish it quickly in its time. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. I mean, just hundreds of years before Jesus came to Bethlehem, even before he was incarnate, quickly in its time means right on time.
3: Yeah. Yes.
0: And so I think about, you know, Beth, you shared that your family has been praying something year after year after year and you know that if it is to be this side of heaven if whatever that redemption or restoration that you're asking for that it will happen quickly in its time yes. that we just trust the Lord to tend and to care and to and to give and to take and do all the mm-hmm. things quickly in his time. Rachel, if a reading plan does not include revelation Five and or
1: 21. Don't we usually add it? <laughs> we try to. I feel yeah. like we do.
0: But this time we really legitimately get I Revelation know. 21. And a lot of it. And even some of chapter 22. It's just you can't have this theme of light without concluding with those. These last peaks, not just about light, but about this second advent. Yeah, yeah. Really more even about that, I would say. Should we read some of that? I want Beth to read because I want Beth to narrate my life. <laughs> Please. That would be lovely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Beth, will you read from just whatever, honestly, I would give you exact verses, but I'd rather you read what stuck out to you and what you'd want to talk about from Revelation 21 or 22. Yeah, I was going to say, it's hard to
3: pick. Um, What I just love as we go down to the bottom of the page following on from Isaiah, Revelation 21. 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne, "'Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them.' They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Just going over the page, there's some more more no-mores here. Verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. And maybe there's someone that out on their run right now, or they're in the kitchen, just doing things that feel so mundane, but they needed to be reminded that there is a no more coming for their lives. And even what you just said, right. Rachel, when you were just talking about quickly in it's time, but in the blinking of an eye, the Lord will come back and all of the things that we've known will be no more. And the new that is coming, things we can't even comprehend without the help of the spirit a new earth like we were reading earlier no more night and that god has prepared that for his bride and i pray that some kind of hope is settled in people's spirits right now by the help of the holy spirit that's what it is we're not willing ourselves we're not hyping ourselves we're not pep talking by the help of the holy spirit there's someone right now wherever they are doing everyday ordinary things would get a glimpse into the spiritual realm that there's a no more coming over your life the things that maybe you've struggled with feels like always forever sickness strife there is a no more coming and a new earth Mm. a new heaven and we worship i feel like we need to have a worship moment where we just stop and inhale and praise god for that that this is not it that there is
1: a new thing coming because of christ
2: yeah so good
0: because of Christ.
1: Yeah. And you just read verse 3. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and He will live with them. Mm. This is what all of Scripture is. Is God drawing near to His people, mm-hmm. and there will be a forever, an eternity. Not just a where moment. There's, yeah. there's no more drawing near because we're with Him. Yeah. yeah, We're with Him. His dwelling place is with us. And we don't need the sun. We mm. don't need the moon yeah. because He is the light. Yeah.
2: Well, we live with this constant daily thing of this isn't how it was meant to be right we look at our own lives that's right we look around this world we look at pandemics and wars and famines and all sorts of personal suffering and this is thing resonating inside you this isn't how it was meant to be this is not how it was meant to be and then we get to these chapters and we think oh this is it this is how it was meant to be this is it this is the end game this is us with jesus and it's all joy peace peace restoration. There's nothing in the way between us and him. There's nothing in holding us down, dragging us back. This is how it was meant to be all along. Mm.
0: That's exactly right. And as people of light, not only do we have that to look forward to, to hold fast to this like unshakable promise, but it's the urgency. Being people of light doesn't just mean that we live toward the light of Jesus, but that we shine the light around us and that we sense the urgency of inviting Mm -hmm. in. I think about as we are packing up our Christmas trees and putting away the candles and Christmas lights, any candles that the Redmond House might still have or not have. (laughs) Um, But as we're putting away these symbols of the season that remind us of Jesus as the light of the world, I don't know, I just encourage us to find a way to remind us throughout the year to be people of light and to look toward the light that is promised us, not for a moment, but for eternity. Love it. And this is hope that we are called to share
1: and meant to share. Mm-hmm. And this is a reality that we have the privilege of inviting others into. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were saying, Matt, that nothing will stand in the way any longer. And it's that Revelation 22. It's right previous to what Beth just read for us when we were beginning this fourth section of the reading plan in Revelation twenty-two five. Leading up to that, I'm going to read starting in one, and just picture this if you have the luxury of closing your eyes right now. Then he showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the city's main street. The tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for healing the nations, Mm. and there will no longer be any curse. Mm -hmm. what a loaded phrase there will no longer be any curse the throne of god and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will worship him they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads night will be no more people will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun because the lord god will give them light and they will reign forever and ever
0: let this it, is hope let it be so
1: yes mm-hmm. and just I want what you want Ray that we can hang on yeah. to this vision of what is true even though it's not here yet it mm-hmm. is true already yeah. and yet it is not yet that's right <laughs> because if we can remember that then we can remember to bring others in yeah
0: yes. I love that alright as we wrap this episode it breaks my heart because I want to hear more and more from y'all Here's what I want to do. I know that we typically do the beauty, goodness, and truth. You guys don't know that because this is your first time being on, our, on this podcast, but we're not doing that, so it doesn't matter. Instead, Matt or Beth, whichever of you honestly just feels led, I would just ask you to just give a final word of encouragement to conclude 2021 and then to walk into 2022 as people of light. I'm watching you guys look at each other with big grins oh, no, on your faces. Oh, no, I've already faces. tapped her under
2: the table. I can feel fair.
0: Matt squeaking, me. <laughs> Sweet Matty. Yeah. I just uh, sing give
2: us, songs give us normally. So you, I've already talked a lot well, Yeah, you, know, you sing the
3: songs. I wish you could sing One Day Over Us right now because I think that would be such a beautiful place to land. But while we're not able to do that, I just, I don't know. I just, I kept thinking, and I'm sure this is for my own life especially, but when we start this new year, that we think about what we can take into eternity, what is going to last. And I just got the sense, even as we were just talking, that there's someone who's had a bit of an awakening while they're listening to this podcast, and you've been toiling for something that you know isn't going to last. And it's almost like you've had an awakening of like, not you're going to do your whole life differently, but there's things you want to do differently. And whether it's, you're like, I want to be more like Anna, I want to be more of a person of prayer, I want to pray into Christ's return or whatever it is, but that we would be people who are working for Christ for things that will last and will stand the test of time and that will come on into eternity with us. And so that's just what I'm thinking that we can hang our hat on and just say, God, let it be so. Let 2022 be the year, whether it's podcasts or books or raising families or serving the poor or whatever it is that we're sowing into the kingdom with a work that will last and not toiling for things. Things that won't so just bless you and thank you for doing this because this really is one of those things that will last teaching people the word and you know to have their lights burning bright for when jesus returns
2: yeah again it's an old hymn only one life it soon will pass only what's done for christ will last
0: mm. amen that's right matt and beth i cannot thank you enough mm-hmm. I know that those listening probably don't know how hard we worked to get this episode (laughs) up and off the ground. It's been actual months in the making. And then even in this recording, we've had stops and starts. And I just thank you. This was one worth fighting for. And so thank you. Love you, friends.
2: Lovely to hang.
0: Love
3: you, friends. I love your unity. And I love what you're doing with your life. You're such Mm -hmm. precious people.
0: All right. Well, friends listening, you know that where one book ends, another one starts, another one begins. And so, as we are closing the book on Advent 2021, we will be on next Monday opening the Gospel of John together as a community for five weeks. We're going to read that gospel. we love to never be too far from a gospel, and we're really excited about this one. John Tyson will be joining us to kick off the new year, and that's going to be a fantastic conversation. So please plan to join us. But even until next week, don't forget that you are. We're encouraging you to be women and men in the Word of God every day this week. And also until next week, Matt and Beth, what do we tell our friends?
2: Keep opening opening your your Bibles. Bibles.